0: That's investher, promo code 100 best ever to get $100 off your ticket. They don't have the temperament to flip houses. That's basically it. And I've seen that not with a lot of
1: people, but you really got to assess how you handle stress and how you handle problems before you get into this.
0: Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action For more information, go to bestevershow.com.
2: Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Bruce Glenn. Bruce, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Theo. Thanks. Thanks so much.
2: Yeah, thanks for joining us and looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Bruce. He is a full-time real estate appraiser, and he has successfully been flipping houses for over 30 years. He's the author of First Flip. 30 years of secrets. So your first flip isn't a flop. He is based in Birmingham, Alabama, and his website is flippinbruce.com. So Bruce, you've been telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today. Yeah, sure. Like
1: you say, I've been a real estate appraiser for 30 years here in the Birmingham area, which is really giving me an up on my house flipping business. It really helps knowing values. Plus one of the big things that's Enabled me to flip houses all over the area where a lot of guys will have their little niche markets and just by having that appraisal background I can go a number of places that a lot of guys don't do. So that's helped me tremendously. And then, like I say, the flipping house business has been really over 30 years. And over the years, just would do a couple here or there, you know, maybe two or three a year. And then back in the nineties, really started picking it up and I got a partner and we just ended up doing a number of them. We are really going to kind of go gangbusters until the recession hit, and then that's a whole other story. And then after the recession, about 2011, I noticed some of my friends were starting to pick up places again and starting to back. And so that's exactly what I did. And I've probably done about maybe 40 houses since 11 or 12, something like that. And I've built up doing about eight or 10 a year now. So that's been going strong. And then over the years, I always have people coming up to me and asking me, giving them tips about flipping houses. What can I share with them? And I've taken a number of people under my wing and helped them get started. And so a couple of years back, I started putting on some classes here locally, and that kind of grew. Spoke at some REA meetings, and then that's where Flippin' Bruce, the website, came in play. It's kind of a teaching website. It's a membership website that I help people kind of coach them on flipping houses. So that's kind of hit in a nutshell what we're doing up to now.
2: Thank you so much for sharing that. And and one thing I wanted to talk about since you've been doing this for so long, and you kind of already hit on this, is Recessions, right? So, if you've been doing this for 30 years, you've gone through at least one major recession, but a couple yeah. other ones. So, sometimes i talk to people who just started in 2009, 10, 11, so they haven't gone through a recession. So, maybe right. walk us through what's that like, and then also give us an idea of, from your understanding, what is it that allows people to not necessarily continue to do deals during recessions, but to kind of pick back up from where they left off after. Either losing everything or having a negative experience during a recession and not throwing in the towel but coming back. What do you think enabled you and others like you to do that as opposed to people who maybe were doing really well leading up to the recession and then the recession obviously impacted their business and they never picked up again? And then for more context, obviously, I'm asking because right now we're technically in recession, so people stop doing deals. And maybe don't plan on continuing or the extra motivation from someone who has gone through this before and how they are able to restart.
1: Good stuff. Okay. Well, I'll start first off with the recession. We were kind of surprised, but as an appraiser, things were really, really going crazy and you saw values going up really rapidly and people were paying too much, but you get wrapped up in that. And I was buying houses left and right and had larger lines of credit. And I was just telling somebody the other day. I was so naive. I'd done a lot of houses, but we had about three different lines of credits. In 2007 or eight. one of the bankers called us and said, hey, let's come in and discuss your loan sum." And usually that meant they were increasing our line or they wanted to offer us something else. And so this time we went in and he said, we have to call the loan in. And I didn't even know what called the loan in was. You know, I said, "Well, what exactly?" He said, "Well, you have to pay it back, and this was in thirty days, and it was a three hundred thousand dollar loan. And how are we going to do that?" So that's what started the whole thing. And then we were selling properties just to be able to pay that back, which messed up our other lines. So it was just a snowball effect. And I held on till about two thousand ten or eleven. With I had savings and this and that, but I ended up I did lose it all in about two thousand ten or eleven. So. I will admit in the very beginning, it was a struggle and it's something I don't ever want to go through again. I was hesitant to get back in, but it was what I knew. It's what I've, real estate I've done for, like I say, it's been 35 years I've been involved. So I knew what I was doing. There were a lot of circumstances with lending and everything that was kind of out of my control. And I thought, I can get back into this, but I did things a little bit differently. At the time, I, like a lot of people... I was driving nice cars and big car payments and big credit card payments and looked at it and said, Well, look at I'm making all this money. These payments are no big deal. Well, I don't look at it like that anymore. I don't have a car payments. I don't have credit card payments. I'm pretty much debt free except for my house. And that I can sleep a lot better. So if anything happens now and it just gets shut off, I can make my little house payment without any problem. So that's kind of how I look at it differently. Now everybody's different. I know some people that would never get back into it after they got hurt so bad. They was like, you know what? I'm going to find something else to do. But in my case, it was what I knew. And I knew that I could do it again. And it has worked out that way since 2011. We've done well on some we haven't made as much money on, but we haven't lost on anything in the last eight, nine years.
0: We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless, from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting, go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash bestever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner-operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash bestever And remember to mention the Best Ever podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash bestever. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach Joint ventures and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved.
2: How did you know when it was time to get back <laughs> in? How do you know it's time to start again?
1: Actually, I saw some people that I had kind of looked because my appraisal business, I'm out and about all the time. I saw things I thought, like, you know what? People are buying now and you're still being able to pick up these houses pretty cheap. And I actually had one friend that he just sold a lot less houses, but he did the whole way through the recession. And I talked with him and he's like, people are always going to buy houses. And it's true. It doesn't matter. They're always buying houses. So I had a couple of people that were interested, had money and said, let's try this again. And it worked out real well.
2: Nice. And then you kind of already answered this, but is there a reason why you decided to continue doing house flipping and not change to rentals or multifamily or some other asset class after going through the recession?
1: Yeah. House flipping is what I really know best, but I did have rentals too, actually. And I just bought my first rental again. I'm going to have rentals. I would like a portfolio. I had 16 rental houses at the time when we went under, but what I did before, and this is what I'm going to do again, is kind of let the flips help pay for the rental properties. So I don't have as much debt on the rentals when I get them. That's kind of how I'm working it now. So I am definitely into rentals and I've got some friends that are in multifamilies. And at some point I may be open to that too.
2: Perfect. So then we also mentioned, switching gears a little bit, that you're a book. You mentioned in your intro that you were giving some talks at local meetups and then you ultimately did your flipping Bruce website where you were teaching people there. Was this book kind of a natural outgrowth or a natural next step up from there? Or was this something that you maybe had in the works for a while? Maybe walk us through that.
1: Yeah, I thought about writing a book for years, honestly. In the back of my head, I thought it'd be kind of fun. And then a couple of years ago when I started speaking more, there were people who said, man, you ought to write a book about all the stuff you know. You've done it for so long. So I thought that would be fun. And it's a great tool for me to put out there and just to introduce myself to people, get the book out there. And it's been a great asset for me people reading it, and then they get to know me a little bit better, and they get to know about the website. But I've wanted to do it for a number of years, but then I was just kind of encouraged by people in different groups saying, man, you got to write one. to would be fun. So that's kind of that it
2: started. What's the hardest part about writing a book?
1: <laughs> well, it's fun, but the way I had to do it, I tried to start here at the house writing, and I ended up, what I did was just about every couple week, maybe every third weekend or so, I just go to a hotel and take two or three days and just lock myself in the hotel because the distractions, it's really, for me anyhow, because I have so much going on, it was hard to write at home and my wife is great. She said, no, you just need to go. And so that's what I do, lock myself up for two or three days and then I can really get the stuff written.
2: I like that. I've never heard that before. And that's actually a really good idea because <laughs> anything else to do but write. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, Bruce, what is your best real estate investing advice ever?
1: Well, the thing that I tell my students, and you can't do it by yourself, you've got to develop a team and build relationships. There's a lot of cogs to the wheel in this business, but relationships is probably the biggest thing. And that's probably what's helped me the most in all my years. So I built a great team between realtors, lenders, contractors. You got to do that because you can't
2: do it all yourself. There's one thing I do want to struggle back on, on the book that I forgot to ask The subtitle is 30 Years of Secrets So Your First Flip Isn't a Flop. What is the number one reason why people's first flips are flops? What's the one thing that you see people do the most that results in them losing money on their first flip?
1: I think one of the big things, and this is the first chapter of my book, is flipping houses right for you. Everybody thinks that it's what they want to do and it's not for everybody. It can be stressful when you're dealing with a lot of money out there. And for some people, it might be all their money they shouldn't put all of it in there, but I have seen some people just, lo- oh it, it's, it's, it's hard for me to watch because they get so stressed. I would get calls like every day, worried about this. The contractor's ripping them off. They're worried about this. They're concerned about that. And they do so much that really hurts them where they could have made money. And they're trying to cut corners, trying to do this, trying to do that. And it's just, They don't have the temperament to flip houses. That's basically it. And I've seen that, not with a lot of people, but you really got to assess how you handle stress and how you handle problems before you get into this.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Do you find a lot of people that you talk to them that they have misconceptions about flipping (laughs) is life because of all the TV shows?
1: (laughs) That is exactly it. Everybody watches the shows and they think that's what it is. And it's not. It's very rewarding. I love doing it, and I love taking these really rundown pieces of property and make them nice beauties and making them nice in the neighborhood, but it's not like the shows.
2: Yeah, we're in multifamily. There's not many shows about people buying big apartments, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. But I would imagine that if you were attempting to teach people to do something that their TV show on it'd be a lot more difficult. You'd have a lot more, more issues. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bruce, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. All right, first, a quick word from our sponsor.
0: Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com.
2: Okay, Bruce, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Hi,
0: right, I've actually read this one several times. It's by Darren
1: Hardy, The Compound Effect. It's all about consistency, and I tell my people I'm kind of the proverbial tortoise of the tortoise and the hare. If you just do those little things consistently, at some point, it pays off big time.
2: If your business would to collapse today, what would you do next?
1: Well, I have two or three businesses, so... I've kind of the having different streams of income. So if the house flipping dried up, I'd have my appraisal business. If the appraisal business dried up, I might still be teaching. So I've got two or three different things that I would turn to.
2: You kind of already mentioned this, but you become an appraiser first and then start flipping houses, or did you become an appraiser because you were flipping houses?
1: Actually, I flipped my first house about five or six years before I became an appraiser. But I, I love the housing market. I love doing them. I loved redoing them. But then actually, I met a woman that I married that was an appraiser. So I became an appraiser with the rest of her family.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. What is the best ever deal you've done?
1: A lot of my deals are not real large. Money-wise, they're not as big. But I did one last year that price point we sold with four seventy nine, and I think we made 80000 on it. So that was significant for that. A lot of mine are just smaller deals, so I don't make as much, but mm-hmm. 80000 was good.
2: Yeah. Tell about the time you lost money on a deal. How much you lost and then what lessons you learned?
1: That's all through the recession. Because like I said, fortunately, in the last eight years, I haven't lost. But uh, we were selling houses just to pay back things. I know there were several that we lost 50000 60000 on each. So the lesson I learned, like I was saying... I don't carry as much debt as like I used to because I had to sell off all things because I had so much debt. So I've changed my ways as far as that goes.
2: Yeah. What is the best of way you like to give back?
1: I used to do a lot of stuff for Habitat for Humanity. And I still do here and there. But there's a group here in town called Build Up. And it's a high school on the west side of Birmingham. And it's a real innovative school. They take inner city kids and they learn trade electrical, plumbing, heating air. They do all the trades and they actually can get their high school diploma and an associate degree. And what they do is part of their schooling is they work on houses in the area and they renovate houses. It's so cool. And then when they graduate and they get an associate degree, they have, I think it's an interest-free loan. I don't know the details, but they get a house to live in and they get a rental property also. Some of them get duplexes so that they live in one side and rent the other. It's a real creative program. So I'm working with them. I do some stuff with them. I'm going to be speaking. Once COVID cools down, I'll be back over there speaking and doing stuff. It's buildup.work. If anybody has an interest, check it out because it's a really neat
2: organization. That's really cool. That's like a really good idea too. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you?
1: Probably email. It's Bruce at FlippinBruce.com. And if anybody wants to check out com, I actually have my book. It's on Amazon for nineteen ninety five. but if they go to my website at com, I'm selling the book for half price there. So you get it through the website, they can get it for half price.
2: Perfect, Bruce. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and providing us with your best ever advice. You gave us some universal insights about being in real estate, but really just in business in general for a long period of time. Some of the things that you can do now or beforehand to prepare for a recession so some of the things you we mentioned were the debt aspect of it multiple businesses so that you have multiple lines of income so if something bad were to happen then you can rely on something else we also talked about your book i really liked how you lock yourself in a hotel for a few days every few weekends it's a really good idea so anyone who wants to write a book that's probably the best way to do it <laughs> <laughs> about your best ever advice, which is focused on your team and your relationships because you can't do this by yourself. And then we kind of also talk about why people lose money on flips. But I think this also can apply universally, which is that every single investment strategy is not a good fit for every single person, right? You need to understand your temperament. And if it's something that is going to stress you out a bunch, you might end up doing more harm because of the way that you feel. So I uh, really appreciate you sharing that and all of your advice today, Bruce. Thank you, best of listeners, as always, for tuning in. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.